Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Herb Dean. If you like MMA, if you like to laugh, check out the One Punch Podcast at BT Sport. This is Bruce Buffer. Tune in to the One Punch Pod on BT Sport. So welcome back. Here is episode six of the BT Sport One Punch Pod with me, Brian Lacey, and Brad One Punch Biggie. Yeah, I just keep checking that, just to make sure you keep remembering your name for a yeah, little bit. Yeah. There we and, go. And there's no like uh, stutters or anything like that. You know? I'm just okay. checking you. It's health Thanks. check, mate. It's just Thanks. a health check. There we go. So uh, welcome. We've got lots to talk about. Uh, we've obviously got the UFC uh, that happened at the weekend. We've got some other bits of news that happened in and around the sport, including TJ J- Dillashaw. Try saying that after uh, three pints of lager. Um, <laughs> I wish I'd had three pints today, mate. It's lovely and hot out there in the sun but I've stopped that and I've come down into the basement to hang out with you and I also hung out with you yesterday so I'd like to on this podcast formally yeah. thank you for inviting me into the picket house yeah. and making me Sunday lunch mate thank yeah you did you enjoy much. the Sunday roast it was good if yeah. you uh if if this fails this podcast if this drops into the ether and disappears you'll never come over again no I'll be over mate I'll be over because those roast potatoes were bang on mate so I think we need to get you a little cooking show where you yeah. show people your tricks of the trade for roast tatties yeah no for me I always gauge a, a roast on the potatoes you know like it's like I don't care if it's <laughs> lamb beef chicken the potatoes have to be in point, and that's crispy on the outside and soft oh, in the inside. Mate. And they're even good cold a bit later. When yeah, we're in I the love kitchen. a cold potato. I've been hanging out with a cold potato. And also, look, I know we've known each other for years. We've talked about fights. We've watched individual fights together. Yeah. We've called fights cage side together. Yeah. But we've never sat and watched the UFC. And I really, was that the first that's one? The first one, and like a proper full. And we're not a bad UFC to watch. Was it? it was awesome, and I think it brought us closer together, mate. What do it, you well, think? it gave me some of your money because you lost. I, we won't talk about that. Only bet what you're willing to lose. That's yeah. what I said. Also, he didn't realise we're betting that the show's already been on. Yeah, and, and I know the results. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably <laughs> one nil to you <laughs> when you fight IQ. But I also think we should. Uh, uh, there was a, a moment we shared after dinner. We should share with our, our lovely listeners, our audience, and I, I think. I think this is the bit that we suddenly realised we're on the same level when you bust out a giant trifle and we went twos on it. Straight down yeah. the middle. We actually had two big trifles and I was opting for one each and you, you, you did a man up and take the whole one. Now, I was being polite. I'm sat at the dinner table with your mother-in-law. There's uh, two kids there that I'm trying to be a good, good example to. You've got your friends over, one of your training partners. Your wife sat there opposite me. So I was being polite and I just took a little scoop like that and then you just went straight and sliced it in half and then slammed the, other, the rest of it in front of me and went, finish that. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that was the call to arms, we, mate. And we, the thing we, is, the reason I wanted you to finish it because if you didn't eat more, I would have had it all. And which you didn't realise, the other one was in the fridge. I ate again, I ate all that on my own that night. <laughs> so you had one and a half trifles. Yes. On and like, big, uh, mate, I did feel pretty bad mate, for myself. What a, what a dream. Of bit, of, bit of a glutton, yeah. Cold, yeah. custody, creamy, jelly-based goodness that was. But uh, thank you to uh, thank you to you and your family for inviting me over. It was beautiful, mate. It was wonderful. And we should also say thank you to our listeners. We have got three weeks to go on our trial with this BT Sport One Punch Pod. Uh, so if you like this and you're enjoying it and you want it to stick around, this is the time to make some noise so uh, get involved let bt know what you think of it you can tag them into uh any tweets any instagrams at knock BT on your neighbors knock on your neighbors knock door on your, listen yeah Pop pause over the this road. right now go next door i don't uh, whether it's an elderly lady a young yeah. man block a of flats couple, do block the whole flats. flats do, the, do, the, do, the, do <laughs> us a favor up and down a block of flats and uh, let people know about the one punch pod but just leave us a review uh let bt 
BT Sport know what you think about it at BT Sport UFC on Twitter at BT Sport on Instagram so uh, uh, we'd really appreciate it what have we got on this show apart from uh, cooking tips from Mr. Brad Pickett well we've got a recap of UFC 236 uh, the main and the co-main event we reminisce with you mate we're going to take you deep back into your chair we'll have to get a sofa in here to uh, okay. to get you to relax as I uh, as I take you back a few meditation years to there'll, there'll be meditation maybe a bit of light rubbing mate maybe okay. just a little bit of touching but that we'll find out uh, we'll talk about the TJ <laughs> the TJ Dillashaw uh, statement after he was uh, popped for EPO yeah. uh, and then we've got listener questions and we've got more so let's kick off now with that uh, uh, UFC 236 recap now UFC 236 it was a I'll say this it was a mixed bag as far as an event one that we watched um, the, 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 the entire thing together and there was some Amazing standout performances. There was a, a couple of really dull fights. We'll just point towards Alan Jaban and Dwight Grant for yeah. one of the dullest fights. But uh, it brought through some... Uh, it ended on a high. And that's the thing, because obviously I didn't have all the time to watch the whole card. So obviously we got there on the Sunday. I'm like, let's watch the main card. We said, do we watch the prelims or the main card first? Main card first. We watched yeah. the main card first. And the first couple of fights were okay. And then there was that fight that really deflated me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like you, you were really I getting just, agitated because he was running, and you, I mean, you. I felt bad. Head, yeah, I felt, I felt really yeah. bad for for yeah. uh, Jaban because he was coming forward, but the other guy, I can't remember the guy's name. That's how much I switched Dwight off. Dwight Grant, mate. I'll that's how much I switched off, like, yeah. mate. He's not only a fan out of me because I know it's, it's a sport now, and he's not just knuckleheads and want to get in there and knock each other out and stuff like that. But it's an entertainment sport, and I do not find that entertaining when someone is avoiding a fight for that long. Don't get me wrong, I'm not telling everyone needs to come forward and just put the chin out there and rock and sock and robots. But please do, that is fun to watch. But, like, <laughs> I understand that, you know, but then you shouldn't be rewarded. I, I thought, I, I mean, like, it was a close fight in a way, just with uh, the hit count was pretty yeah. close. It was so low, though. I think in one round there was 10 but punches thrown. Or you try and like hit that. someone who's on their yeah. bike, yeah. you know, like someone going back so far, you know, all the time, it's just like... Come on, man. And especially also what makes it really hard is because it's in an octagon. And in an octagon, there's no corners. Yeah. So you, you just run in circles, Listen, go in this, circles. This is where we need to add things like the, the crowd can get involved and they can press a button where every every 10 seconds the cage gets smaller. 100%. You I go. was literally about to say that. Then, the cage, other time, it should get smaller. Soon, throw weapons random, in. Nunchucks <laughs> over the top. That'll do. Yeah, like a long pike. It's a stick that yeah. you can st stub them with and things like that. Uh, there were some uh, standout moments. Kale Roundtree did was superb against that was Eric Anders. Fight, Ate yeah. up that front leg uh, Nikita Krilov as well be uh, of in St. Pru first of all for the flyweights they've got some scope for someone looking to save him Alexandra Pantoja uh, finished uh, Wilson Hayes in just 2 minutes 58 the, the, that's, the, the that's a big round. win like I said I didn't go back to watch those for me it was like I just saw the co-main and the main and I was blown mate, away well, we, so we were I didn't pumped, want to go back mate. and spoil anything Let's, you know, like you couldn't, you couldn't beat those. That fights. taste in your mouth was like that. That yeah. was like the second trifle, wasn't it, mate? It, that it was, was that yeah, was, was that was the that. second <laughs> bit of trifle in your day. Uh, so let's start with the co-main yeah. because it left us with uh, yeah, our heart in our mouths. We we it had everything. It had it everything you wanted. And when you talk about even Dana White came out and said, "So what do people think of interim belts?" There, those were people who weren't. Who, who were really fighting to prove that they were the best and they showed a side of themselves uh, which some of us had questions especially with Adesanya what, what would he like be like in those deep waters and what an uh, I mean, as far as underdogs go, Kelvin Gastelum, he was that far away from taking that fight until that, that fifth and final round, right? I mean, me and you had, had, was better on this fight. You you picked Gastelum, I picked uh, Israel. But, uh, like, I was getting worried, you know. Like, I was like, wow, you know, Gastelum look, was looking good and, and really was... Um, the range, I've always, always thought the range was going to be a big problem, but it didn't seem that it was too much from, of a problem From the for him. start, that first round when yeah. he sort of faked his way in, he sort of double-stepped on his way in, and then his big right and left hook were, were, were catching. Landing. They yeah. were landing. I thought it would be missing by a mile. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the fight, it did change up a little bit. I think it took some time for Israel to gauge the distances and all that sort of stuff. But for me, like anyone's good winning a fight when you're winning, but it takes a lot of encouragement to come back so I, I thought the first round went to uh, uh, I thought it was pretty clear with how the rounds went yep. the first round Gaslam second round Israel third round Israel fourth round Gaslam yep. that's where we came into the, into the fifth round I was like oh this is on a tie and then I thought oh but the the momentum's in Gaslam's favour yep. I mean but then to see how 
dominant and how well fought that last round was by Israel shows, mate, this guy is the real deal, you know, like you, you've seen glimpses of these other fights and stuff and you always, there's a lot of, lot of questions you left unanswered. Yeah. And like he says now, then even now there's still going to be other questions. Hey, what about him versus, uh, uh, Whitaker. Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Yo Romero. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit like Conor McGregor. Everyone goes, oh, what was Conor McGregor against a wrestler? How's yeah. Conor McGregor? And then he has to beat someone and they go, oh, there you go. And yeah. so it's like, he believes in himself and it, it gets to the stage where soon, I think more and more, he's winning the general public over who now are starting to believe in him. Like for me, he got to one stage where uh, Conor McGregor could fight King Kong, and I, 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 oh yeah, he's gonna have him, you know, because he had that so much self belief. I thought he would do it, you know. Uh, well, you, you, talk, you talk about that fifth round, and I watched the press conference after with Adesanya talking about that. And first of all, like, he was busted up. Him he's, and Kelvin went he to had a Kelvin, massive lip. He still had the comb sticking out there, though, mate. <laughs> I mean, you could try and a style bender as far as uh, you can see, obviously, his fighting style and all that. But drop the comb when your face looks like it's, <laughs> it's like trying, one of those paint things where you rub your hands. You don't realize you, it's quite clever because he's takes your eyes off his mouth. His mouth was hanging yeah, down over true. there. But now you're looking at his head. So I think that's quite oh, mate, well, There you go. Maybe that's that's mine. But he was talking in, in the press conference and he said he doesn't like to fight like that often, but you need them fights every so now now and again so you know you can go to that place. He, he always refers his sort of fighting style to computer games and all that stuff. And with that fight, he leveled up 100%. And Gastelum, let's talk about him as well. First of all, the reason I picked Gastelum, I went back and I watched some of his other fights and we were looking at the people he's been in there with and he's finished. So Michael Bisbing, Chris Weidman, uh, Jacare Souza, Tim Kennedy. These are legit middleweights. Yeah. And this is somebody that was forced to go up to middleweight after he missed uh, weight at welterweight a number of times. So there was always questions about his size and how he would do. And I went back and I watched some of those fights. And I and just got excited. I got really excited about it because also what I saw there is somebody that will be in that fight for five rounds as he was uh, and I just thought maybe that with the questions that we've got asked about Adesanya especially in MMA not kickboxing maybe Gastelum would be able to put the pressure on to that point so I was so excited and when I saw his walk out I was even more I, was, I thought that was money in the bank mate because he made he started running to the cage no, yeah. no one someone looks like they're in business <laughs> and he's legging it down there passing through the fans like not even high-fiving the guys behind him the security, him, the security. Like, what is it with UFC walkout security they're either massive and jacked or they're really like overweight blokes in badly fitting blazers aren't they that's, it's that's... just funny seeing them run they're like, oh, like but they, that's no the... one got the memo like no. the cameraman's like <laughs> you know where the film was like he's like whoa Listen, whoa he's off he's uh, but like Gaston ran there and that that for me made me giggle because I was just like that he, he means it and he was yeah. staring at Adesanya the whole time like, took his shirt off ripped that off he ripped his pants, pants off and then well. this is the bit that's the exact bit that changed it for me do you know like you're like I'm, yeah I'm ready for a fight right, top off t-shirt off wham bam then he went to stand there and get his uh, uh, greased up Vaseline on and suddenly realised that he's his own pants, pants off so then he had the awkward moment where you have to put your, your <laughs> pants back up I forgot about that. That was hilarious. <laughs> but also, mate, now listen, that that was, that was a big cup, mate. That was that he, he's wearing a big. It's cup. a cup. Yeah, uh, yeah, mate. But, that... but you don't know how much is in filling it inside. Yeah. If you want, if you want, <laughs> it's a big cup. I could, I could wear a massive cup. You don't know. Is that true, mate? Is that you, so you can wear whatever cup size you want? If you That's want, it. I'm I changing guess. mine up, then, mate. Now I need to need to change mine. I just picked up to the extra small. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But when he got in there, I was so impressed with him in that first round. They're talking about this as maybe fight of the year. Talking about this for me, is the fight of the year so far. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. And you can also talk of it as one of the greatest fights of all time when you're talking about Henderson versus uh, Shogun Hua uh, fights like that. Because uh, back and forth, and they're the fights. You really, really shows character. A back and forth fight. If not one sided, it makes it so enjoyable. You like, especially going into the last round. It's two two. You like. Who's got this? You know, who's gonna come out? You know, twenty minutes of fighting have already gone. Now it's all down to five minutes. It's like a new round. Yeah, you know, so yeah. so all on the line. This is this yeah. is start. But one of the questions I'm going to ask you about Gaslam because he hurt Adesanya in the fourth round, like really hurt him. Had him on wobbly legs. That head kick that caught. I think it was the fourth round. Yeah, head kick that caught the uh, the side of his uh, neck and the back of his ear. Put him on wobbly legs. He chased him, and while he was chasing him, um, he then decided to go for a takedown and. Our reaction when we were watching it, I, I, my one was just keep hitting him, but you were like, that's clever. That's a good part of the game. Do you think he regrets going for that takedown now? Because that's the that's the most trouble we've ever seen out of Sanya in, in the MMA fight. 
always you can look at something in hindsight, but I also I remember when, when I fought Thomas Almeida, uh, maybe similar sort of things where I was a puncher, he's more of a technical striker. Yeah, uh, I believe I had the I had wrestling advantage and a little bit of advantage on the floor, as in Gaslin did as well, and so it was built into me. I remember me hurting a. Uh, Thomas oh, Almeida and then, then me shooting for a takedown and then going for a takedown then I actually thought to myself what am I doing he's hurt and then I broke away and I need him and dropped him again but it's like sometimes you just built in yeah. uh, and I didn't see him wrestling as much as he could have done or yeah. should have done maybe because that that's the problem with such a big octagon it's hard to close that space and Israel is fantastic with his space as well so that's what makes me even more impressed with Gaslam is like he done twenty five minutes with a high, one of the uh, highest level strikers within within the UFC, and he looked great. It was he, pretty he, much he, a kickboxing fight. Yeah, as well. there was only a limited amount of grappling. With a high level, kick, I think Israel's kickboxing record was like sixty seven and four in a thing with some like thirty odd knockouts. Wow, you know? that's ridiculous. That is absolutely crazy. Uh, so Adesanya uh, came out in the fifth round, dominated, like caused a lot of damage. Yeah. Very, very could close. Have fin- could, could have, have finished. It would have been a shame. To, yeah, Mark Goddard was really good ref. In, like, I give him credit for. Like, he could have stopped it, but I think, but just because how the fight's gone, you, yeah. you let the guy finish the fight. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. That totally. Uh, but Adesanya took the belt. Emotional speech afterwards. Had a really emotional moment with his coach. Now his coach is somebody that he's been with uh, since he started. So they he yeah. walked into a gym. Apparently, this is off off the back of the embeddeds and the countdowns. I think twelve years old. He, he goes in there, and his his main aim is to become a UFC champion. They talk about all the route they're going to do. They plan every single step which includes a lengthy kickboxing career then moving into uh, into MMA and then looking to work their way up to the UFC and into the title and all these steps they've achieved and what was a really nice moment to see between them was when he laid the belt down in front of his coach yeah. that's somebody who stuck with his team I'm sure he's had the opportunity to train all over the world with, yeah, the, with course, the spotlight yeah. on him that felt good for me to see him and his coach have that moment and even in the build-up just just getting enough light shined on that uh, I think it's city kickboxing in New Zealand that, that the gym is um, to see somebody from a small gym like that go to where they've got that's he's going to be a role model inspiration for a huge generation of fighters coming out of New Zealand now what also kind of like really kind of surprised me yeah for, he's from New Zealand and that's not like I say a big MMA community there it's yeah. quite a small country but now you've got a world championship fight between two people from New Zealand yeah, it's well, crazy so you, this is the other thing Dana White afterwards said that the fight would be Adesanya and uh, Whitaker, um, but he said it would be in Australia which instantly Adesanya sort of went look I'm from New Zealand uh, Auckland would be a great place for it Robert Whittaker might represent Australia now, but he is from New Zealand. Yeah, bring it to New Zealand. This would be the biggest. They've never combat. had one in New Zealand. I think. They've had they've had a UFC in New Zealand before, okay. but they've never had a title fight. I don't believe in. New well, Zealand I don't mean before. they've had a title fight. That oh, they did. They had a uh, uh, Bisping down and, there, yeah, and, and also Wanda uh, Rousey fought. Yeah, of that, good yeah. shot, mate. Well done. And uh, also Joanna fought uh, on that same card. There was remember there was two female. Fights. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they've had a few ten points to to Brad for for your nines. but that, they should do that in New Zealand, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Yeah, hundred percent. They're both native from from New Zealand. I, I think so. That could be good timing for me. Correct? Is, is that right? It'd be like, or they could do it in a. So it'll be. Uh, so it, this is the other thing. So when they go to Australia, and New Zealand, usually they stay on UFC time, America. So that means fighters fighting at nine and ten in the morning. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's perfect for you, mate. That's yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I can't think anything I remember, worse. I waking I, up I, having your Cheerios and going, "I'm going to get smacked in the face in 25 minutes." Best experience of my life was fighting at 10 o'clock in the morning on the beach. Bet. I mean, I remember I, I fought on a show called. Uh, <laughs> was uh, this just a package holiday that got out of control <laughs> or something, mate? No, you I went thought, Thompsons and thought, right, I'm going to spark this. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't happy with my uh, my, my uh, treatment on the beach, um, but um, I. Um, I fought on a show called Bodog in Costa Rica back in the day. Uh, and we fought early in the morning because we couldn't fight uh, later than like 12 o'clock because of uh, the heat, you know, because we actually fought on the beach. Of course. Or, you know, oh, like, with, no, with no cover. Yeah, I had a little bit of, little bit of shade, but not much, a little bit of cover. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, so you couldn't fight. Wow. <laughs> it was like really hot. So I fought in the morning. And that was the best thing for me because I literally woke up, had some breakfast and fought. And like, I didn't have the whole... 
day to think about, oh, I'm going to find that, I'm fine that. You know? Yeah, yeah, I suppose and, that and way. And a lot of guys out there who, who yeah. may be listening here or people who don't know, yeah. just a little indication. Sometimes that day, like, it's such a long day. When especially when you're in the main card or the main event, it's a long, long day for your mind yeah. to be playing. Manage with you. those adre- yeah, that yeah, adrenaline, yeah, yeah. the whole lot. You don't sleep as well, really, do you? No, I mean, not really. People yeah. say that. How do they do that? When you see those, those images of like a, a fighter who's about to go out and he's fast asleep on a couch just before. <laughs> yeah. How do you do that? That's... They're relaxed. They're, yeah, that's... I know a few fighters that are like super relaxed before a fight. I'm like, what's going on? But uh, yeah, so for me, it was actually the best thing for me when I just woke up in the morning, fought. Then I sit down, relax, enjoy the rest of the day. Went down the buffet, colada. There did, you did, go, did, karaoke. Thing is, I was there for two weeks before the fight. It was like a TV show, uh, and it was all inclusive. But I couldn't eat, could I? <laughs> I couldn't eat because I was cutting weight. So it was like I, I was well annoyed. So I was so, so I was all in after this. Buffet I, I stayed there for an extra. Also, there's three days of fighting. They've done ten fights a day for three days. I was on the first day. Wow. So it's brilliant that I could sit down the next two days, watch everyone else fight, eat as much as I want. I was getting hot dogs for, oh, for, for breakfast and everything. I thought, <laughs> yeah, hot dogs and ice cream for breakfast. Bring back Bowdog, why not? There you go. So uh, let's let's talk about a little bit of the reaction from that co-main event. So Usman, who is the 84-kilogram uh, champion, yep. the middleweight champion, and Adesanya are both from Nigeria. So Nigeria now holds two world titles. And they, they uh, Usman posted a, a, a nice post up. Welcome to the throne, my brother. Basically just giving a shout out, looking for uh, an event in Nigeria, which with two big African yeah. uh, champions now. As a, you, I, know, I know they have an EFC in, in Africa. They're different. They've got a yeah. couple of others. But have, I don't, have they ever had a UFC in Africa? Don't I don't think, think so, no. mate. No, I think this is what they're, they're got campaigning a lot of, yeah, for. Yeah, they should do. And should then do. on the flip side of this, there's a little beef that's kicked up. Uh, oh, wow. This, this beef. That was good as my beef from last night, my roast. Smashing, mate. Wow. But John Jones and Adesanya have had a little bit of back and forth. So John Jones, this was, I didn't see the tweet that he responded to, but John Jones said this. If you think you killed a 44-year-old Anderson, you didn't. Uh, I'm really not sure what fight you've been watching. You got past the legendary goats. Now come F with me, a king of the jungle. I'll make you call me daddy by the third. So that's what he sent out. This is before the fight had even happened. And then after the fight, uh, he also, this is as far as the he reaction. He said he wasn't impressed or something like that. He said, he said there's only one John Jones. So there's more back and forth. There's people asking for comment. He said, uh, one guy had said, Israel Adesanya is destined for greats, but needs to keep his head down and not run his mouth. And John Jones comments, well said, my man. That was a toe-to-toe kickboxing match with a short, stubby wrestler. There's only one John Jones, ladies and gentlemen. So there's a lot of comparison being given to mm. Adesanya, his style, his meteoric rise between him and John Jones. And do you think that's getting under John Jones's skin a little bit? That this, or is he away, just playing the game? Because you can know, never tell with John Jones on social media. Fighting, are they? they can't. They're, they're, well, they're different weight classes. Yeah, you know? like, John Jones yeah. Is, is huge. You can see why the comparisons are there. But I don't know what's got under John Jones's skin so much that he's he's having a little peck at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I think there's a lot of comparisons because um, you have. Israel is very, I wouldn't say he's outspoken, but he's very articulate with the way words he chooses. Yeah. And he's very cool. He's very, very I don't know. And uh, maybe like John Jones is a little bit bit upset about it. I yeah. don't know. We never know because also Israel can be can be quite outspoken at certain times. And maybe he's, he said something that we haven't heard or I don't know about to, to, to actually roll up. Uh, John Jones because yeah. it's weird for John Jones to but to go so out of his way yeah, like, there's his a thread of about seven also messages. out of his weight class which yeah. is not like that yeah. you know like he, he's very good, he good he's good at chatting to people in his own weight class but you know to go outside of his weight class I do, do find that a little bit strange uh, so so that is Adesanya versus Gastel and that was amazing and yeah, it's a tough act to follow and on any other Fight card. In fact, what I will say is they all got fight of the night, the, the top four fighters. So the, yeah. the co-main and the main. Did, did, did they all get bonuses? They all got yeah. bonuses. Uh, I said that. That's, that happened. Yeah, that should happen. And yeah. uh, and Dana White uh, made a point of saying that they, they've earned every single penny there. They've, <laughs> they've left some of themselves in the, that cage. Definitely. So, <laughs> so um, pieces of uh, Holloway in there. The, fo- the following uh, fight for that was the Poirier versus Holloway fight, which on any other fight card would have stolen the show on its own because yeah. of what an epic fight it was between two fighters in their prime, yep. both on a streak. Uh, Holloway coming up as champion to take on uh, Poirier to become the interim champion. So there's a bit of history going on yeah. there. They'd fought before. And 
it was an amazing fight. And a couple of people actually scored it, including Habib Namagamedov, scored it as a draw. But I think when we watched it, I, I felt Dustin was 3-2. To, to, to get a draw, you have to either score around even or someone won around 10-8. And I don't see a, someone winning around 10-8. Well, this, I'll, I'll go to the, the Habib tweet in a little while. But I thought that what happened in the first round really set out the stall for the, the next five rounds. Dustin looks so strong, so powerful. His pressure coming forward. He hit Holloway with shots that finished other people. So credit to Holloway. But I just felt from the start, Dustin was more powerful, more dangerous. Dangerous, and when he closed the distance, and he was on the front foot, that that, that he had his, his neck in front of that fight. The thing actually was surprised me when in this fight, if I say what that they both kept their shorts on before they they that came. As well, <laughs> that, that as well. But it was like it's someone said to me, the fight goes to the decision. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, Holloway won because he's such a volume fighter, you know. So he's like, it's it's how and he grows in a fight as well. But he's, he's tough as nails, so he takes yeah. shot. But it's, it's the volume. It's a bit like a Diaz, you know. That he, he throws so much volume. Him, where obviously Dustin's the power puncher, so it's like Dustin had, had like, as weapons wise, there's like the, the powerful shots, like the cannon, and then you have like the Uzi of uh, of um, yeah, yeah, Holloway. So he was, I don't even know what the punch count so actually, was. So it must the, have been the punch count, it was, it, so I think it roughly, I think, uh, about 460 strikes from Holloway and I think about 380 from uh, from Dustin Poirier. Yeah. So. so, but then you, but then you sort of think, as in, I used to be like this with my fight. I think most of my fights, the ones I won as well, I got outstruck. I got hit more, but I landed better shots. So, yeah. so it's not always a. I think a lot of people look at the punch count and go, "Oh, that guy hit him three times, but uh, this guy got no. hit once." Look at it, their faces at yeah, the end of the fight, mate. Exactly. Look that. at their faces look at the end exactly. of the fight. Exactly. So yeah. it's like like power punches score more than a jab. Because if I crack you with an overhand right and you, you survive, which I doubt it, yeah, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, what year I, we're talking in your career, <laughs> mate? Because right now, Ellie, <laughs> you see that a few weeks ago, mate. It's still going over and right on me. Um, but uh, and you hit me, you hit me with a jab. For me, that doesn't score even. You double jab me to the face and I overhand right you with a power overhand right, and maybe it stumbled you and rocked you. Of course, it's not. It's not like uh, what I call um, like in boxing. Yeah, you, you have your yeah amateur point scoring boxing. Yeah. So it's, so if I crack you with an overhand right and you fall down, that's one point. If you jab me, that's one point. So that's even. Yeah. So I get that in amateur boxing, but in in MMA, power shot step as well, you that's, can, that's, and that's what I mean. That's what Dustin throws. He throws so hard, and he looked big. He he's been fighting at fifty five for a little bit longer than Holloway. That was Holloway's first time going up. So, you, but you can see that. Um, Dustin's grown into that that weight class, yeah. you know. He, I don't see looks, him making forty five anytime soon. Well, he he, he looks so much thicker than, yeah. uh, than Holloway. And I was going to ask you this about Holloway as well. So Holloway's made the move up to one fifty five. He was going to do it against Habib, but uh, he couldn't couldn't get medically cleared to to cut that amount mm-hmm. of weight before that fight. Made it for this one, so this is his debut at one fifty five. And I was one of these people along with Dana White and other. Love him at 145, but you see the frame of him, the age he's been through at 145, so from 21 up to where it, where he is now. So that's big growth spurts yeah. going on there. So we sort of fought them to stay yeah. in that weight class. But when he they were in the cage, I thought he looked a little bit soft. I mean, I know he wasn't like, like he's not got a terrible body or anything like that. But at 155, you see Dustin, he's filled out from the day before, thick and strong. But, whereas but, as Holloway, I think maybe, maybe 145. Look at someone like Gastelum as well. Like when Gastelum. They couldn't quite make uh, welterweight, went up to middleweight. The first few times, he looked soft and budgy because what he does is, oh, I, th- I can eat as much as I want. Yeah, the weight uh, cuts off, I, yeah. I, I, I don't have to cut as much weight. Um, so they, they just don't get so disciplined on a diet where rather than going away like someone like Dustin has with uh, Phil Giroux, the American top team, uh, uh, self-edition coach, and put on muscle. Yeah. I still yeah. cut the same sort of yeah. water weight, but... I'm putting on muscle, which I'm putting on good weight rather than just eating what I want and getting a bit chubby. Yeah. Dana said this after the uh, after in the press conference. He said he wants to see Max Holloway back at 145. Uh, is is that where you'd now like to see him? Or do you think now it take a bit of time to grow into 155? I mean, he's got a belt around his waist at 145. He's hard. So. You're a champion at a weight class, yeah. you know. So, like, oh, and also, I went up a weight class. Oh, I lost. I, you know, I'm going to go back. I, I naturally, I think he will go back you yeah. know, to 145 just because 
And then he's still young. He's still a young guy now. And then I, I see him eventually still go moving back up to 155. But I think he'll go down to 145, defending his belt. Uh, if he loses that then at, at 145, then you may see him uh, going back to 155 to try and get a a belt on that weight class. Uh, now, in both these fights, we saw, or in particular in the main event, we saw a huge amount of respect between the two. And, and the way Holloway took that, uh, and he made a statement on his Instagram, but the way he took that defeat, said it's all uh, MMA shoots and ladders. So you basically roll with the punches and uh, and congratulated Dustin Poirier. Yeah. That that was, I mean, they, they the amount of respect for the both of them coming in was was un, yeah was was massive. The, the, but afterwards, after that war, and especially how it ended them with the belt on the line, that's it's been great to see both of them give each other props for that fight. There's a few moments within that fight that kind of reminded me of uh, Robbie Lawler versus. Um, there, there was McDonald's. they stood there facing yeah. each other, but it was much you know, like in the Robbie Lawler McDonald one when they faced off and there was before the fourth before the fifth round yeah. and Robbie Lawler literally like a bull sprays blood from his nose and they stare there's, at each other. His lip was split. Wasn't and his it? lip yeah, was split yeah, as yeah. well. Um, but there was in this one where they faced each other and I thought we're going to have this moment I think it was end of the second or end of the third maybe uh, and then they kind of just shook hands and went back it was just <laughs> it was just like it's a much different vibe but it was still one of those moments where they both knew what they were in they yeah, both they both, they both, they both like what I call they both can dig deep, you know, and they both can fight. They're, they're what I call fighters fighters where a fighter will get up and watch that fight you know not just the fans all fighters but like I love watching these two guys fight. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, of watching these guys fight, there was, when it when Dustin won the belt and went around his waist, yeah. um, you had a little moment, mate, when he was doing his speech. Yeah, now, I mean, this is a teammate of yours. This is from American Top Team. Obviously, Mike Brown's there. Somebody that you've probably watched come up through the gym. But when he was doing his speech and that, there was there was some misty eyes on the couch there next w- to me, mate. There was. I, I kind of got quite emotional because I, I know how much it me- meant to him. Uh, he did not have, like I say, an easy path. I think it was actually the second longest run in the UFC to get uh, a title shot. So I think he had 22 fights in the UFC before getting a title shot. That's correct. That's yeah. the second. The first, I don't know. I assume maybe, just thinking, uh, maybe someone like Robbie Lawler might have been the first because he had been in the UFC a long time before he got... Uh, I don't know who the first is, but I'm going to say someone like Robbie Lawler. Am I right? I'm, I'm not sure on that, mate. I was just checking the 22 fights. You're quite right. Because uh, Mike Brown, and I'll just read this. This was a great post from Mike yeah. Brown posted on uh, on Instagram. He's somebody that we spoke to last week. And you could just tell the belief he's got in, in Dustin Poirier. Uh, so he said uh, on his Instagram, when this guy walked through the doors at ATT in 2012, we knew we had something special on our hands. Dustin Poirier didn't take any shortcuts. He actually had the second longest road to the title in UFC history, 22 fights. He worked his ass off and made uh, countless sacrifices to get his chance the chance to fight for the pinnacle of combat sports, a UFC championship. On such a special night, we couldn't have asked for a better opponent as well. Max Holloway is a legend. I've always been a huge fan, but last night I was blown away by his heart, ability and ability to take a shot. Took everything Dustin threw at him and fired back bell to bell. Blessed is an animal and a class act fight of the year candidate. And that's that's from somebody who was in one of the best seats in the house and is yeah. uh, to see that amount of emotion and respect that's that's it that's yeah, super so, isn't it? yeah the reason I got a bit emotional because yeah I say he, he knew how much he meant to me he puts a lot of work in working and when I actually got more emotional is when uh, Joe Lee stepped into the, the octagon and, you, and like them two are like childhood sweethearts you know like yeah. and she stuck for him thick and thin and all that sort of stuff and a lot of people don't realise some like it's so cliche to say it, but behind a lot of strong men there's a strong woman and that could be more more the truth of this and I got a little bit emotional because kind of reminded me of me I wish I got to that sort of stage of my career and I wish I did have to do that for, for Sarah because yeah, yeah. Sarah was like amazing for me throughout my career and I wished I had that opportunity to give to her if that makes sense yeah totally but yeah. Yeah, I know they've got they got a little kid as well. It's called Parker. She's such a cute little kid. Cute, you know, cute really kid, cute, cute baby. And yeah, I'm just so happy for, for them. He comes from Louisiana, a little small. And it, I mean, he's got small town romance with his, his wife from, from the same. Yeah. They're 100%. Sign me up for the movie, mate. Yeah, I'm well enough here yeah, now. Look at this. They, they can go back. Who would to, play us, though? They, they'll the... happily go back to no glitz and glam. I, I, I live in a little, little house on the hill. 
with a little farm with their family. Uh, yeah, it, it was really... Yeah, I'm going to... Yeah, man, look at this kind of Titanic moment we're coming on here. Yeah. But, uh, but his phrase, and he's got a T-shirt out there, says this, paid in full, and that's that says it all, doesn't yeah. it? He, mean, like, he's saying every punch he's thrown, every yeah. punch he's taken. He's by the every, line so much. Yeah, you know? and, and that journey that is highlighted by Mike Brown's uh, post that, that you wouldn't know off the top, he had 22 fights to and work his way towards. And also you see the fights, he was, the fights, not, not just getting there, the fights he's been involved with when he, when he fought Gaethje, mm. That's cracking fights. Alvarez. Alvarez. They're cracking fights. And yeah. like, he took damage. It wasn't like, you know, I say, like they're whacking each other. You know, so yeah. like I say, when he says pain and fall, you couldn't have a better saying. He, he has, you know, he put every, he's put everything into this and everything on the line to get to where he is. And so, yeah, hats off to him. Yeah. And that, that leads him to a a fight, a potential fight, as long as everything yeah, works yeah, out. Yeah. I always say that with a Habib yeah. fight because yeah. you never know. There's there's yeah. still stuff to be settled as far as when he'll return and, and all that sort of stuff. But he, he put out a, a a tweet and it said, I, I do not agree with the judges 49-46. I have this as a draw. My respect to both fighters and Poirier's achievements so far cannot be denied. My congratulations, Dustin. See you in September. The Eagle versus the Diamond. So he knows the date. We don't. But but this September is what they're aiming for, so I think okay. they're reti- I think they're returning to Russia in September, mate. mate. Don't want to break any news or anything. Yeah, I think like you that. just broke some. No, listen, yeah. this, this, what would I know, mate? What would I know? Um, but that would be un- Epic, unreal, yeah. unreal, yeah. unreal, unreal to see that. Interesting, his view on the score there, and that that I, th- I think if you watch, there's a, a program with Dan Hardy called Open Mat on BT Sport. Um, you can check that out on their BT Sport YouTube page. It's excellent. Where he breaks down, goes back through the fights, and to have him breaking down the uh, the fights, the co- the main and the co-main, and the way he does. I watched it last night. It was uh, it was really good. So if you want to go and check out their thoughts, they've got some interesting thoughts on the scoring for the uh, that th- that fight as well. So um, uh, check that out on YouTube.com forward slash BT Sport. So uh, uh, now let me just uh, mention this as well with with Dustin. He uh, you talked about his daughter and stuff. He had a moment so he, on his Instagram where he's back at home and there's a lovely thing. He sat there with his daughter and his daughter's asking what all the marks are on the face. And I'm sure you've had that. <laughs> no, like, what's what's happened, Dudu? What's this? Yeah. And then he cuts to a picture with his dining table. The belt is just laid out on the dining table, looking amazing. What? What a moment that must be to him to sit in his house, the house of his dreams, and then to have the belt over there, his daughter there. Amazing. It, I mean, like, yeah, I was saying, like, he's a very proud family man, hardworking, you know, like, uh, like I would say a working class background kind of fighter, you know. Uh, so, yeah, couldn't be more happy for him, you know, and his family uh, and, and his daughter. Yeah, but. I would have could have had that, you know. I've had that more from sparring with my son, buddy. But like I was like, "Daddy, you got an ouchie?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I got an ouchie." But my last Mr. fight, Daniel's getting ready yeah, for yeah, another fight. Yeah, That's yeah. right. I've got an ouchie, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly that. Like, yeah, Speak yeah. Speak to him. So, uh, then my last fight, obviously, I, for first time in my life, I never got hit in a fight, so I didn't have no, none of that. So I was fine then. But yeah, it, it, it is. Fine, as in obviously my, my son now, you know, he understands fighting. You know, he he gets it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's fun to watch you know. as well this uh let's as you're talking about reminiscing and looking back at uh, fights of old and all that let's let's talk about one that happened seven years ago to the day yesterday and i wanted to get your uh, your take on this your first victory in the ufc against damasio the angel of death page what a scary person to be <laughs> like when when they send the contracts over did they include the nickname because like if if anyone just said the angel of death i'm like no nah, mate i'm i'm good i'm <laughs> good yeah but, no I, I'm, yeah, man, I remember that fight because there's a lot of pressure got on me um, obviously when I got into the came into the UFC uh, which a lot of people don't get the Get the, I was still fighting the same people I was fighting, you know. Yeah, yeah. So the WEC was Zufa, was Zufa owned by owned by the UFC, yeah. owned by Zufa, yeah. and they just merged the WC and the UFC. So the same fighters from WC just moved over like Pedis, yeah, so Aldo, they added myself, the lower Faber, the lower weight yeah. classes. Yeah, yeah, no, no, added the lower weight classes because yeah. there was no, uh, no, was, there was no, uh, no bantam, one, no bantam weight or, off everweight. Yeah, yeah, of course. They just Bought over, they did have 55 in WC, so they bought over people like Pettis, yeah. Cowboy Cerrone, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so a lot of good guys came over. And uh, my first fight in the UFC against Hannon Burrell, uh, fight in, night in Birmingham. I, I remember just how that fight is like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I was a co main event in my, in my uh, UFC debut, yeah, and I was like, mate. 
and I, I remember being hand and brow, I think it was like 31 and 1. And yeah. I was just looking at this kid and going, mate, I'm going to smash you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had, I had literally, in my head, it was like, you're just a jiu-jitsu guy. You know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't realise he had such good, he had quite good boxing. Did you never watch one of his 30 other fights? Yeah, did but he like... took everyone down and submitted them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, he did, he was more of a submission guy. And also, when I back in those days, he was very green on the stand-up area where he looked very tentative and nervous so from my head I'm like oh you're coming to, to, to England in front of my hometown mate you're going you're gonna to be nervous so I thought I'll for a play off that so if you watch this fight back I went guns blazing mate. throwing bombs yeah. he's, he, he's Stood there, um, obliged. He was thrown back, and it was actually a really exciting great fight. fight mate. Uh, and then I got caught with that uh, knee, and this was quite a strange me. I got caught with the knee, and I remember he hit the knee, then he hit me with a few punches. I fell down onto the canvas. I remember looking up, up, and all I could see is like, is this say someone got like a torchlight and flashed it in my eyes? Yeah, I couldn't see anything but from a bright light. Okay, uh, and then but I could feel impact. <laughs> I could feel like I'm getting hit. Here. I just I'm glad you didn't uh, go towards the light, mate. It's, yeah. good, it's good you're still here. That's all I want to say. But I felt myself getting it hit. Wasn't like a godly hand come down, no, was no. there? No, none of that. But I wish there was. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, and then I remember oh, I just I need to get out of here, so I rolled over, and then he took my back real slick. It was slick, yeah. and, and he sink, sink, sinked in the choke. But uh, then so that was my UFC debut. So going into my second fight, yeah, again for me, I wanted to be relevant. I wanted to. I needed to win, yeah. and and Tomasi Page was was uh, a tough opponent. You know, he, he was good. He, a lot of finishes, a lot of first round yeah. finishes as well. He so. starts strong, yeah. as he did in my fight as well. Yeah. He stood strong in the first round, but I knew he was fading. And for me, you're not gonna, in my eyes, he's not gonna put me out in the first round. No way. Uh, and then I just, <laughs> I, I, I was coming strong to even towards the end of that first round. And I'm like, oh, mate, you're dead. You know? and, I met, and I just remember just like walk, charging forward, walking through his shots. Uh, and, and he's one of those ones where I submitted him, but it was more of him giving me a way I, out. I was going to ask that. So I want to ask you back. So you got greased up by Stitch Duran. Yeah. Before you went in, that's pretty cool. This yeah. is a, a legend of combat sports. And then you had Chuck Liddell refereeing you. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> Do you remember? This shows the era. 2012, you had uh, a referee with the worst mohawk I've ever seen in my life, mate. And he obviously was going down the Chuck Liddell Iceman route. But... I honestly cannot oh, remember. Oh, mate, really? I've got a show. It, like, it was one of the first things that made me laugh out loud. Like They, they cut and I was like, I wonder who's refereeing this. And then this, this Chuck Liddell wannabe comes in. And it, <laughs> okay. That was the era of the, the really bad mohawks. Um, but in the, uh, uh, in, in the fight, so there was a couple of bits. You got caught with up kicks in the, in the first... Exchange, you took them like a champ. Oh, of course, like, yeah. like, like biscuits, you know, like like just punches ch- and kicks like up, candy. Chump yeah. them up. I love, I love knuckle biscuits. Not good for my teeth, but I like <laughs> knuckle biscuits. But then also the armbar, he almost caught you, and where you just stood there with him hanging off, off off you, and then you just slammed him into the ground at the start. Do you remember that? No, I don't. No, no I was like, he won't armbar me. He was he was wasn't gonna beat me. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't gonna beat, and he didn't. He didn't beat you. You got the rear naked choke. You did a backflip celebration. Do you remember That's that? That's in my younger days. Yeah. What 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 year did you? You stopped doing the backflip. When did you suddenly think, <laughs> I, I need uh, a hand with this? Yeah, pretty soon after that. I think that might have been my last one. Because yeah. you did the flip. You did the thing off the cage where you step on the cage, but then you used your hands to do to, to finish the flip. So it was like, it's like a grade... Yeah, yeah, backflip. it was just like when a more safety. It was, a sa- it was like a safe safety net. <laughs> and then this was the bit, mate. This is the bit where I, uh, I I fell in love with you a little bit more again, mate. I watched the interview you and Kenny Florian, and your little voice hadn't broken, mate. It was it was all up here. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead happy. Um, yeah, it's great to get a victory in the UFC. Oh, give us a cuddle, Kenny. Oh, <laughs> it was it was just like that, mate. It was just like your little soft skin face and your uh, little okay. voice, and I yeah, was like, right, who's right, that guy, mate? Right. Who's that? So, so if you want to treat yourself, you can watch that on UFC Fight Pass. You go back and watch. <laughs> but, mate, what a moment that is to have in your life, to look back and go, seven years ago, first victory in the UFC. And you just got to think about your career, and, and it's a stunning thing to have, isn't it? Like that's You're the 1% of the 1% that will ever fight in that organisation and get your hand raised. That's special. When you think about it that way, yeah. I mean, like, I do... Uh... Reminisce on, on my career quite a bit, you know. It's nice. It was a brilliant time of my life. Yeah. Uh, like I so say, you always say this. I just wanted to hear your voice, mate. I'm gonna play it you afterwards. It's no, so cute, mate. It's like, like, oh, mate. But anyone knows me. I'm a very emotional guy. So yeah. after a fight, my emotions on a mat, always on a big high. So yeah. 
Yeah, so no, it was good. It was good, but yeah, that that was wonderful. I watched that back uh, last night. It made me smile, mate. So, yeah. that, so there you go. One thing that could have extended your career, mate, is if you had injected EPO. Do you know that? <laughs> no, not really. No, well, I'm, yeah, I'm only yeah. saying that. We'll sure jump to quick. this bit next. The the TJ Dillashaw um, news that uh, obviously he's been banned for two years now. That's what's come out is what the the uh, actual substance was that he's been banned for which was EPO, EPO. Uh, he's made a statement uh, on it uh, his also his uh, strength and conditioning coach has made a statement you said have made statements well for, let's let's explain what EPO is first do, do you know what it is it's uh, what Lance Armstrong used is to increase your red blood cell Exa- count. Exactly that. So it's actually a, a so legal... Car- it's like a cardio thing. It's, it's a legal medication. So they use it... Legal? You, uh, yeah, as in for, for medicine. So if you okay. are anemic, they will uh, give you EPO. And if you are um, going, undergoing treatment like chemotherapy or something like that, what they'll do to boost your red blood cells is they will uh, give you a course of EPO. So okay. EPO is basically affects the kidneys and the kidneys production of red blood cells. So uh, to help you be healthier but as a performance enhancing drug what a lot of people use it for is endurance so uh which you need definitely for a nice sport especially what, if you're vo- vo- fighting vo- five fight, round yeah. fights against yeah, you all the, the pace and the pressure so epo is what he's been busted for it is it's not going to be in a tainted supplement it's not going to be like it's injectable yeah. so so he's got no you can't say i accidentally yeah, no, he's banged to rights. And one yeah. thing he did is he came out on his Instagram and he put out a, about a minute video where he explains it, uh, apologizes for it, and then asks for forgiveness for it. What was your? You, you, have you seen this? Have you seen I, the... I watched it and to be honest, I kind of switched off. He just, yeah. he just, he just whinging. If you know what I mean. And one of the most important people he, he didn't apologize to was the organization. You know, or the people he fought before. Ah. You know, like, he didn't, didn't apologise to... That's, that's the point. I don't know whether he apologised to the UFC. I can't, can't remember. No, he didn't apologise. I, I mean, I listened to it. He didn't apologise to the UFC. Wow. He didn't, didn't apologise to... Uh, uh, he apologised to the fans and all that stuff. But apologise to your opponents, the ones that you try to punch their head through the mat. You know, like, okay, it's not like he's making you stronger, but he's making you fitter. Well, so this, you, this... so you, could, you, you could punch more volume... For longer, for longer, so you can cause more yeah. damage. So that that is the other thing. So people say it's just endurance. Well, that that only help your lungs, but it doesn't exactly what no, you said. No, not at all. It's this, like... is, this is a contact sport. This is about how much damage can I inflict on you with avoiding the damage you try and inflict. A, on good, me. a good little analogy I'll give you: this. You have a fight and don't train. Yeah. Even though you got all the skills in the world, sounds you know, just like me. Yeah, this yeah. <laughs> sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Keep but going. You, you don't train. Yeah. So you're not in great shape. Then fight. I see what damage you can inflict on someone is if you train, done a full camp, and you're in good shape, and now see what damage you could do. Yeah, you're gonna be it's gonna be light and day. Oh, so totally. If you you don't get tired within a fight, you're in great shape. You know you don't you you're gonna be hit hitting harder, hitting Recovery, faster, taking shots yeah. better, yeah. Be, being out of danger more. If you can move more, if your your endurance is there, it, to avoid shots. Definitely, I, I can probably. I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna say. EPO is probably a better for our sport. I'm gonna say it's a better enhancement than oh, hey, testosterone growth or yeah, testosterone yeah, where you're putting yeah, yeah. on massive muscle yeah. and, uh, and that sort of thing. If, so, if, if you have better shape and, and you don't get tired in our sport, that is scary, and that's why people like people like Demetrius Johnson uh, and even someone like Max Holloway, people yeah. who naturally have this natural high red blood count where they just don't get tired yeah. and, and great Darren Elkins someone yeah. like that who just can take a beating for two and rounds also, and then come going back onto that's why some people move go to the mountains and go to like a Colorado or something yeah. like because you Big that, bear. when high up in the mountains you are you, your uh, red blood cell count gets higher that's why a lot of people go to high altitude training and that's why there's a big thing where if you're fighting somewhere in high altitude they suggest you go train there uh, because it's going to be a lot harder on your body if you haven't done that. I fought, think I fought once in a, a high altitude and it didn't affect me, I don't think. No. no. I didn't feel it, if that makes sense. Because that's what, when they went to Mexico City, a lot of people struggled with that. Vadim yeah. versus Cain Velasquez. I think it actually Cain that struggled with the... Uh, uh, was it? Was that right? Cain struggled with the altitude. He didn't go down there long enough. Yeah. For long yeah. enough. Um, you mentioned about previous opponents. Now, the, the test he failed was for his uh, Henry Cejudo fight. So yeah. that's the... Uh, Did you, okay, the one he got caught for, you mean? The one he got caught for, yeah. Yeah. Then they that's, went. That's, that's well, the this, thing this, I'm this, saying. This, well, this is it. Then they went back and they tested his Cody Garbrandt fight, the second fight, and he popped for EPO again. So 
Ah, See, I didn't know that. Okay, but this is this is this. I got a couple of questions for you. But whoa, whoa, whoa! I mean, how could I go back and test that? And why didn't I test that in the first time? Right. This is these are the things. So people are now asking the questions. So why don't they test for EPO? Now this is one thing I didn't realize. And when you talk about Yasada, I think, I think it's a lot more expensive. To that's test. right. So people are saying it's harder to test for. That's not the case. I don't think it's. I think it's. It's Yasada have a huge track record of finding people or Vada, uh, uh, Lance Armstrong for, for one, yeah. that, that they they know how to test for EPO. But when you're doing it on the scale of the UFC, when you're talking about the amount of uh, tests fighters, they go out yeah. and deliver, the amount of fighters that they have to go out and check, um, I think it's come down to an expense, which I didn't realise. When I when I hear USADA and you see somebody on Instagram with, a, I've, I've just been tested, whatever you call it, one of those little lanyards yeah. they give you and uh, uh, they hold it up so... Whoever whoever's been tested, I assumed that they were testing for everything. I thought when they're taking blood and urine that they are. But I don't know whether this no, became knowledge. When, I, when, when I've been tested a few times, so, uh, uh, do they tell you what they're testing for? No, I think mean, I think you're not out of competition to kind of just test you for recreational stuff, mate. I don't know. I don't know how it well, works. Right. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, when I got tested a few times, it was, it was only pee testing. Yeah. And then closer to competition, when I made, uh, I think I, I got tested blood as well. Yeah. They didn't test for blood and urine every time. You know. We well, see that that I thought they did a standard test on everybody, which covered all this because EPO is prevalent in a lot of sports, a lot of sports which need endurance, so uh, marathon running, athletics, uh, long distance cycling, all that stuff we we need endurance. So I thought they tested for everything, but what it's come to light with is Usada don't test for everything when they take they go there. They might just like you said take urine, or they might take blood, or they might take both. But that'll limit what tests they can do, and then to know that they limit what they test for within that because of uh, financial reasons, yeah. then that also gets me asking questions. And this is another bit of convenience that has happened. If you went back to all of his fights now, what, what like the Cody Garbrandt two years ago was talking about, and he named the drug. He said uh, he's on EPO. That's one yeah. thing that he tr- he showed us, and he kind of like outed Team Alpha Male. Yeah, <laughs> that's one that he showed us how to take. Now you saw that have gone back and tested that second uh, sample, and he's popped for EPO. So I thought, right, jump back and, and test the others. And ma- magically and conveniently, I think to save a lot of fighters asking for other fighters that maybe have popped in the since they fought to yeah. go back and test them. They now don't have any of these samples, so they don't store any of these okay. samples past a certain date which, which makes sense it yeah. kind of makes sense but it also doesn't make sense because you saw that is their retroactive testing has seen the likes of lance armstrong yeah then now be be found out and apparently the the first clean person in the tour de france through the years he was going was number 15 or number 19 in the race <sighs> so they've been able to go back and, and prove that now i get it causes a mess but what happens now? So that fight that he's popped for against Cody Garbrandt, that Cody Garbrandt lost the title. What happens? Technically, it, that should be uh, revoked from his fight. Yeah. Of so that would then put Cody Garbrandt back at the champion, giving then. the belt back. I but how do we do that? Because since then, it just ma- it, it makes it messy. But... Yeah, it does make it messy. Yeah, you're right. So, so now, obviously, you got those two guys fighting for that belt. Well. I would say you need to give Cody the immediate um, fight against the winner. It's crazy, but then he's off two losses, but he's off two losses. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? It makes it End extremely day, messy. Stop cheating. It makes <laughs> everyone's life more complicated, you selfish person. It, it doesn't, doesn't seem to help back. TJ. I honestly, I can't see him. Go, you, know, you can't it, see him coming how's back. He, how old is he now? 30, so he'll be 35 when he returns. So 35, coming back. Also, the mental side of being on, on, on a performance, uh, enhancing drugs and stuff like that. I look after a lot of young fighters now, right? And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of stuff that goes around. And I always tell everyone, every one of them, stay away. Obviously, there's no testing on the local scene. You're not going to yeah. get tested when you're fighting locally, you know, because like you just said, all the expenses, the expenses yeah. and yeah. tests. But, I was saying, but mentally, if you get dependent on something going through the local scene and then you get to the UFC because of performance you've been winning fights and then your mindset is like it's because of this I've been taking these magic pills or magic whatever you've been doing in your mind's going to be like oh but now you're going to take those away from me and now I have to fight the UFC against the best guys in the world with with, doubt kicks in without this and then you're like oh maybe I'm not the same so yeah so I always say for me you can't take them at the highest level well you can but you just get caught but like don't get dependent on that on the local level. 
you know, get uh, and yeah, just and just don't there, do them. It's both, so simple. Yeah. Just don't do them. Just, just, just leave it. Out. There <laughs> you go. Nothing good comes from it. P- uh, pick it, pick it. Advice there. That's uh, uh, so we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. But I think now TJ will uh, sort of use those two years. He probably recovers. He said he's got injuries that he wants to get over, so he'll get them sorted. I see him coming back. I can't see him not coming back. Also, in a weird way, I I, I find people uh, who do a lot of well, I'd say like uh, abuse like that, like steroid abuse and all that sort of stuff, kind of have brittle bodies, you know, like they have a lot of injuries, you know, yeah. they get, they do get a lot of injuries, you know, just because, I don't know, maybe that the, their body's performing at a level you should not, you should be performing, if that yeah. makes sense, because okay, yeah. as in when you take uh, steroids and it makes your muscles stronger and bigger, your tendons don't grow. You know, so that's where you see a lot of people get torn biceps, torn pectoral muscles because their 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 bodies, you know, are not strong enough to uh, um, to cope with the growth. Cope, that cope, cope. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's my Brad science, by the way. Yeah, Brad, Brad science. That's it. We'll, we'll break. That. We'll get Jeff Nowitzki to see if he's a job going at you, <laughs> yeah. for you. <laughs> So we'll have a little look at some listener questions as well. We've got a few in. Once again, you can uh, you can get in touch with us. You can get involved in the in the podcast as much as you want. Just put hashtag One Punch Pod on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook as well. And this week, let's have a little look. We've got a few on Twitter. Let's let's go to these to start with. Uh, this one is from Owen on Munkitch Ops eighty one. Uh, have you ever played reverse tummy ache with Buddy? Instead of getting all the good cards, you have to get a full house. No, yeah, that's a good. I've never done that. Well, this is a game called Tummy Ache. Right, I play it with Buddy, and what it is, you have a plate, right, uh, like a cardboard plate, and you get loads of like bits of food, and you have to fill your plate up, plate up with like uh, a drink, a dessert, a main course, and two sides. Okay, right, and then you turn them over, and right, you may get uh, some roast potatoes with nothing on it. Fine, cool. Then you may turn one over and get some pasta with bugs in it you know it's called tummy yeah. and you're, oh, oh. so you can't you can't uh so you have to make sure you get all your plate full to win uh with no tummy cake tummy ache things on it so he's trying to say reverse that and get everything with tummy ache on it you know so <laughs> that's not a bad idea you know i might i might stand a chance of winning if Sw- that's the case switching <laughs> up the game there there's there's a meme on here it's but... actually a really good game fun as in like also a good learning curve for buddy because we're starting to not let him win. And he needs oh, to... Oh, mate, needs, that's a dangerous I, time. I, How yeah. old is he again? Three? Three. He's going to need to learn fast. Oh, mate, you know? he, mate, he he's to... in a competitive household. My wife, Sarah, is so competitive <laughs> and so am I. And he's only now... And you've been following my Instagram stories the other day I had him and he was like, I gave him second. <laughs> I, and, we went, and I went, buddy, second is not bad, you know? <laughs> You didn't it's win. Pretty good, mate. Yeah, yeah but yeah. our two people is not great, actually. Mate, mate, there you go. So, uh, 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 what else we got? We got Sam Illich. Is that right? Uh, GC at Sam Illich on uh, on Twitter. Do you think one strike, i.e., is a need to win a round? As Holloway won the rest of a round, but it seems judges gave it to Dustin. But that was the knee that cut him open. Yeah, and it's it, damage. It's, it's damage. Well, it's actually, if you. With scoring, the first now with the new scoring system, which is two years old, uh, the first thing they look at is significant strikes. So that would that would be the most significant strike within that round by far, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of so course. that so they are grading that more than so that like you were saying, a jab and a knee are not the same. So no, good. Uh, same one as good as the fights were the weekend. Did the interim belts make the fights any better? Plus, as good as Dustin is, do you think that uh, the majority want to see? Tony versus Habib rather than Dustin versus Habib. Um, I actually kind of like Dustin matchup against uh, Khabib because Dustin has really good, strong striking, you know, uh, and he actually has quite good wrestling takedown defense, you know. Uh, Tony would be a good fight as well, but like he needs to get healthy. He's not in the picture at the moment because mental health issues and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Which, yeah, again, I would like to chat about a little bit, which is. It's very important, I, I think, the mental health and what you see doing with him is fantastic. Yeah. In, a lot of people I think really, the support that fans have given him as well has been amazing. In, in fighting, as a, as, as a man, you know, like it's kind of like quite hard to put your hand up and go, hey, I have some mental yeah, issues. Because you know, yeah, you're, you're supposed to be a man. You're supposed yeah, to be the, be the tough the person. Yeah, yeah. And especially being a fighter, I'm the tough guy. 
and you know it's you know it's getting a lot more awareness out there now uh i've done a few things on my instagram but it's a very important issue and i'm really happy that the ufc is actually you know like stepping forward, stepping stepping forward and helping out as an organization you know it shows it shows that looking after the fighters in a good light yeah but going back to the fight i think anyone versus habib is in, in for a tough fight it's a hard fight but i do like that star matchup i, I like it as well we even said it as when we were watching the, the holloway fight we could see how but I prefer Gagey versus. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, because you know, I say Gagey's wrestling. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, that that yeah. uh, that untangible thing we've we've not seen him uh, unleash. But I do yet. like Khabib versus uh, Dustin. I do. So let's move on. Robert Valerio, could you ask Brad if he could be any animal? What animal would he be? Thanks, I'm a massive Brad Pickett fan. It would mean the world if you answered my question. Do you know this guy? I do know this guy. Yeah, come yeah. on. Then. So, uh, what animal would you be? If anyone has anyone watched uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Okay. Mine's a Ligra. A Ligra. Okay. Yeah. Remind it's, us. It's a half lion, half tiger. Yeah. <laughs> a Ligra. A Ligra. Now, actually, like... no, really, honestly, if I, it'd, be, it'd be a tiger. For me, For me, I like the pack life. I, I would like a lion being in a pack, but I do think that Tiger is really beautiful with his markings, uh, and, and I think he's such a Look, cool you've gone deep on this, mate. He's such, such a cool they animal. They are a cool you animal, mate. You know, he, even Connor's got one tied on his chest. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I'm, my spirit animal's the sloth, mate. So that's you look that's, like the sloth. That, I like that it. would yeah, do yeah. me. So yeah. it's, it's, same sort of uh, you know genetics. That's right. Same yeah. amount of probably amount of movement Fast in a day. Reach. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'm good up a tree. So that's yeah. that's that's all you need to know. Um, JB personal training in Essex. Who's next for the prospect, and how clear do you see his route to the belt? Me personally, I I I think like I spoke about this one on the other podcast. Him versus Cheetah Vera for me makes a lot of sense now. They're both uh, coming off some good wins. They're both. Well, I say have a little bit of beef, but it's just a story behind it. Obviously, with you know, Cheeto being my last fight and him having a win over me, yep. uh, I, I think it's like it'd be, it's just a cool story to it. Like. Yeah, there's layers. Yeah, there's student, layers. My student. Yeah, so it's, it's going everyone, on every, Star Wars, isn't it? Everyone likes it. Yeah. Isn't it? I'm Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like, uh, you can't kind of like. You're yeah, breathing it, down the microphone, is very silly. Oh, mate, terrible. Everyone, everyone likes a, uh, a story behind a fight. Um, so let's let's have a little look. We've got some other nice ones here. Uh, Sponge Kez, no question, just a shout out to a great podcast. Thanks Boom, very much. Share it then. Get it, get, it, get it out there. Go Spread knock on your neighbor's door right now. Yep. Go knock on the door and tell them to download it. Perfect. We'll, we'll do that. Uh, split Decision Pod, considering the benefits of EPO, the extra damage potentially caused on his opponents due to its use, do you think a two-year ban is too lenient for TJ or is the use of such a difficult-to-detect substance such as this is more rife than we think? Love the pod. Keep up the good work. Appreciate that. Thank you very much, the Split Decisions Pod. I can't remember where I heard it before where someone's going about they should not... They, if someone's been called cheating... They should take just wipe all their all, all their fights off. You know, what I mean, like where where do you stop? You know, yeah. I, I mean, like if you took away my wins, that that would crush me as well. You know, like I, I I'm like you as a fight, you try and build a record, and that's what it is. This is my achievement. This yeah. is my record. If you take those away from him, like take, if you take him, especially that Cody fight where he won the belt, take that belt with him. You never won that belt, mate. You know, and then that's just gonna. I, I, and to be honest. The ban's two years. Doesn't matter how long the ban is, really, you are tainted. Yeah, you know, like Lance Armstrong now is tainted. He had a crazy career, you know. Like I mean, it's just it's like he's just tainted we, now. He, this is he, what we remember him for. Yeah, it's yeah, now, now, now this um, in the Olympics and uh, in other sports, EPO gets a four-year ban. So it's re- and Jeff Nowitzki, the uh, the guy who works for the UFC and liaises with USADA, said as far as drugs go, it's it's pretty much in the top three yeah. or four as far as how they look down upon it two years is the maximum ban that they could deliver with it under the uh, stipulations and regulations they've put out to the UFC fighters in this sport four years would be Olympic John Kavanagh said something quite interesting he put a tweet up he said uh, as well as the ban being f- like for two years going forward they should make it retroactive so all of his wins within two years of that test that pops uh, he gets them with, uh, withdrawn and he has yeah. to pay back the money that he he that's gonna be always always would be hard because you never know um, 
what money's got left. You know, yes, so, oh, you know, totally. Yeah, but yeah. I think he was saying make make the consequence so big that it doesn't just affect you going forward. So now TJ has made a fortune. He has yeah. he's got good had good sponsorship deals. He's yeah been but in then the limelight. Then, then also you think he's going to lose all those. You know, the sponsors will go like, hey, I don't be associated with you now. So like, oh, yeah. no, to- yeah. totally. But like, if he had to give the money back from that, it just I think what Kavanaugh is trying to say is make it such a deterrent. I, I honestly, I don't think the money is much of an issue. Is to take away his. He's fighting for two years. Yeah. Like I just say, for me as a fighter, well, I don't never never looked at money. Money, I, for me, is my record legacy. You know, if, you, yeah. you, if you took took away, took, you take away the last couple of years of my fights, I'll be happy because I lost quite. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a good end to my career. <laughs> give me, give me some EPO. Take those Listen, two years I've got some in my bag, mate. I'll, Cheers, I'll, mate. I'll do that. Uh, so look, we've got a, a UFC card coming up this weekend. We have UFC Russia. It's now headlined by uh, Olni. I can't even say it. Astrovarim. Yeah, Astrovarim. That's right. Olniak. I should be able to say that since I do a lot of Russian things. Overim versus Olniak. So I can't say it. You try it. That's it. Olniak. Thank you. And uh, versus the Ream over Ream. Uh, that is this weekend, Saturday, April 20th. And for us, UK, European This is based. the guy. He tries to make a top team. Who does the, the Ezekiel the, the, from... Weird. I mean, like, I, I, you showed Mike Brown and Mike Brown will try to... But without it's a game, mate. Like... It's weird. It's weird. I mean, like, he f- finished. It's one of those ones where someone does a move and you'd be like... That's junk. But he he's done it. So he now, he's got a lot of finishes where people get into mount. Mount. And so they mount. He him, lets people mount. And, him. He land, and then he sets up the the Ezekiel choke from there. Mm-hmm. And usually the Ezekiel, like, you use it in a gi a lot. Yeah, so you grab of course. Your sleeve yeah. And then that's so it's. But he's got. It's, this is no gi, and he's finishing. I've been showed it how how he does it, and it was pretty effective. I can't remember it now. Yeah. But but it was actually like my brown my my brown. But from yeah, bottom, again, you've got to have the such brown, a yeah, again, Let me mount it. Then my my brown tried on me, and I was like, oh my. It, it <laughs> really? nearly, nearly got me, but I'm. Obviously, himself as now as didn't. Of course, it didn't happen. But um, <laughs> but I was like, man, I was close. He nearly, like, had me, you know, nearly had me. Yeah. So uh, that that has taken the main event. Volkov was supposed to be fighting. He got injured. So uh, that that is now the main event for us. UK European fans, we can watch this in a day, mate. Look at this. Not so around my though. The BT Sport schedule. Uh, what? <laughs> that's, that's, that's harsh after we started so well you're just going to drop that as I'm trying to trying to do a plug what mate. am I doing this Saturday listen you're hanging out with me oh, mate no actually no it's, it's the Easter weekend I'm away in Isle of Wight mate yeah oh, mate all right. well, I'm free I can come to the Isle of Wight yeah yeah but then I don't have BT Sport I don't know why. <laughs> So one of us is watching it. <laughs> so if you want to enjoy it, it's a reasonable time for us European fans. So it's Saturday uh, on BT Sport, 4 p.m. Uh, you can watch the prelims from St. Petersburg. Then at 6 p.m. on BT Sport, you can watch the main event, uh, main cards for live. So that is an early night for us, yeah? I made that sound like we're going to have an early yeah, night together. Yeah, That's yeah. not supposed no, to be how it sounds, no, mate. No, no. I'm in Isle of Wight yeah. with my wife. <laughs> Kids and taking my dog as well, you know, the family there. Well, that's it. I, well, need, you, I need a break. From you, you you enjoy that, mate. You have a rest, <laughs> and when we get back, we'll share share some eggs. Uh, so that is it from us. Thank you for joining us once again on the BT Sport One Punch Pod. Let's just do another shout out. If you are enjoying this and uh, you want it to continue, you want me to continue annoying Mr. Brad Pickett uh, on a weekly basis, then just make some noise, get involved. Hashtag One Punch Pods. Leave us a review uh, on iTunes if you can take two minutes out of your time, and then do what you said. Just spread the word. Tag us into somebody you're sharing the podcast with we'll share that as well and we'll try and give you a mention uh, next week but as much support and uh, uh, yeah you can give us then that will help us make this an actual reality every week mate then we could be together exactly yeah? exactly yeah uh, yeah. Uh, so that's it so, uh, thanks for joining us and we'll let Brad just say one last thing before we disappear um, yeah put me on the spot again but I'm not actually joking guys go knock on your neighbour's door <laughs> I actually enjoyed this little room review Brian you oh, know, for a few hours there, there you go well we'll be back next week uh, with one more episode for you of the One Punch Pod so uh, thank you from me and thank you from Brett.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.